And welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast currently catching up on thousands of years of Zumerian history. I'm your host, David Lloyd, and this episode is going to be a bit of a mix of catching everyone up on the ongoing story of the Legend of Heroes series, as well as a spoiler-free review of Trails of Cold Steel 3. This episode will be the two-man team of myself and the man who is also reviewing the game for NWR, Jordan Rudick. So we haven't done a two-man episode in a while, a uh, two-person episode in a while, because uh, we've had a lot of guests on lately, or, or Casey has been on, or we've been uh, crossing over. Uh, we were supposed to do a crossover tonight with uh, the Talk Nintendo podcast, but uh, one of those gentlemen who will not be called out until next week uh, shall remain nameless. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting thing. You mentioned uh, that I'm also reviewing the game. So we're, I think this is the first time we're talking about a game on the podcast that we have both reviewed. And, uh, you know, I guess the icing on, on the cake is that we're, we're both reviewing it at exactly the same time. And uh, so our reviews will both be live by the time that people listen to this podcast. So that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's always fun to play with uh, play with someone. And uh, you and I are probably the only two crazy enough to try to pump through a, a 50, 50 or so uh, hour RPG. And uh, <laughs> I guess... Uh, good on. Um, I'm happy that uh, NIS America gave us a so a good lead time. I think we had a couple weeks to to get it done. So um, it's still uh, yeah. We we almost needed the well, at least I needed the lead time because I was, trying, I was rushing to finish Xenoblade Chronicles as well, which we talked about last week. And just I I, I thought going back to back uh, with two you know very 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 deep and meaty RPGs would kill me, and it almost did. Uh, but I'm looking forward to a, maybe a lighter July. Uh, and getting to our Star Tropics episode next week, uh, the, the I've I, I've already been playing a little bit of the Star Tropics game uh, in getting ready for tonight, and um, the the island themes are very um, maybe uh, they they kind of make you long for uh, a time when we weren't in the middle of a pandemic and you could actually travel to you know like Hawaii or uh, go to a, go to a beach or something like that. So uh, it'll be nice to get to Star Tropics next week. But yeah, I mean we've got we have tons of stuff to talk about today. Uh, with Trails of Cold Steel 3. I think we're both uh, kind of in lockstep with our uh, reviews of the game, our, our, what we like and what we don't like. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to dig into here. It's a, it's a series that uh, it's it's going to be a tetralogy or a quadrilogy, however you want to call it. There's four, <laughs> four games to the series, and uh, at least this, this um, sub-series within the whole... We'll, we'll get into it. Legend of Heroes, Trails, there's all these sub-series and series, and it's a little bit confusing, so we'll we'll, we'll try to give everybody a little bit of a uh, uh, kind of a crash course on uh, what all those games are about. Yeah, perfect. Uh, and like you said, we got a, we got a lot to talk about tonight, so how about you kick mm-hmm. us off with uh, your drink for the evening? Sure. So uh, I, I think I mentioned last episode that I've been on a big Pepsi kick, and so I'm still getting through the rest of my uh, my cans here. Um, but uh, in in keeping with the theme of the episode, I wanted to spice it up a little bit, so I added a splash of uh, Malibu coconut rum to the Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> again, I was thinking about you know recording for Star Tropics tonight. That was the drink I'd prepare. I'm like, oh, coconut rum. That seems good for like an island themed game. But uh, maybe I'll have to bring that out again next week too. But uh, it's nice. I, I've I've always liked Malibu because it's it's soft. I think it's only like 15 to 18 percent alcohol, something like that. So not not obviously not a very strong drink, but uh, 
a nice coconut uh, accoutrement to my uh, my Pepsi that I've been enjoying. So uh, I've also got the cup absolutely loaded with ice because it's it's not hot. It's not hot maybe compared to other places in the world, but it's hot for someone who lives in Vancouver. It, it was I think it was like 23 to 25 degrees today. But I've just got no I've got no breeze coming through here. And my the upstairs of my uh, my townhouse is always very hot. Uh, and without any breeze, like I'm looking at the trees right now and they're not they're not moving an inch. And that's what makes it really bad when their air isn't circulating. You know, uh, you you mentioned, you told me you've got air, air conditioning in your house. And uh, the place I lived, uh, the apartment I lived in uh, with my wife before we moved here, we had uh, these kind of uh, we had these air conditioning units that were I think it's, is it's I think it's called central air or central air heating or air cooling or something like that. But these really nice units. And so we always had the house really, uh, really cool and, and crisp. And that was great. But uh, definitely missing that on a day like today. Yeah, the um, last week we had our it's been a little chillier this week. Uh, mm. Last week we hit 30, 34, 35. Almost, wow. So. Uh, I basically stood in front of our air conditioning at that point for <laughs> for some of the day. But I mean, it, it, you're, yeah. you're kind of like thanking uh, thanking the heavens for being able to play switch portably and just hang up beside your air conditioner. <laughs> That's right. Yep. And uh, and the the drink I had in my hand, or I have in my hand actually right now too, is. Uh, the Big Ben Porter, so mm. the that's a, that's a drink that'll keep you cool too when it's uh, when it's hot. But uh, again, on that, been on a bit of a dark beer uh, phase uh, the last few weeks. It's mm. uh, funny. I went, I was doing a lot of ambers, and then I went on the uh, IPAs for a bit, and now I'm over on to the uh, the porters or the dark uh, dark variety. And this one is uh, mm-hmm. from Brasseurs du Monde. Um, won multiple mo- world beer awards over the past few years, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's good. It's got um, not as caramelly as last week's, but uh, it's still it's got a very crisp taste, and uh, I'm enjoying this one so far. So I've got two comments about the Big Ben Porter. One is you should have saved that for when we had Ben on the podcast a few weeks ago. That would have been a good <laughs> one. Right. Well, maybe next time he comes on, you have to bring it back or see if he can yeah. get him to try that one. Uh, Brazzers Dumont makes me think. Oh, it, you know the Dumont part. Maybe maybe makes me think that. Oh, maybe in his uh, his neck of the woods they do have that beer as well. Uh, and if it's won World Beer Awards, it's possible that uh, it's not just something you're finding uh, in Canada, right? It's probably uh, probably sold all over the place. Hopefully. Um, yeah, I think so. The and the second thing I was gonna say, I've totally forgot because I went on a long tangent there. No, um, <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, is it? Am I crazy in in saying or thinking that dark beers are more of a winter thing and lighter beers are more of a summer thing? Is that is that generally what people do, or is it it's just yeah, whatever say, you want? I I don't know if I think traditionally speaking, that's probably the case. Like mm. people. I know, uh, like people will stick. Yeah, they usually stick to your lighter, like your lagers or your IPAs in the, in, or even like your white IPAs in the, in the summer because yeah. they're a little lighter. They're they're a little easier to drink. And mm-hmm. yeah, the 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 darker beers are the thicker ones uh, that traditionally are are more uh, drank probably yeah in the winter or something yeah. like that. But uh, it, it really it really depends like. Uh, uh, based on your taste for the most part, because mm. uh, like there's people who drink Guinness all year round. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's fair. uh, yeah, it just kind of depends on on taste. But yeah, that's a fair assessment to mm. say that uh, the the colder it gets, the darker the beer typically. Yeah, I wonder if maybe you know before we had all these different craft uh, craft beers and all these different types of beer, uh, you could buy at the liquor store. I wonder if that's what you know 
years, decades ago or centuries ago, I wonder if that's what people were doing. They were specifically making lighter beers for the summer because it's hotter and you want something easier to drink. And then during the winter when you're stuck inside, maybe something uh, a little bit thicker or heavier um, to, to fill you up or to... Um, uh, maybe make you make you feel a little bit warmer or something like uh, something like that. I don't know that 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 idea. I don't know if I'd heard it somewhere. Or I was just thinking about it, but that seemed to seem to make some sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Cool. Yeah. So well, speaking of history, yes, <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's so, lots yeah. of there's lots of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's so much history. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so the the game, uh, the topic du jour tonight is Trails of Cold Steel Three. So this is uh, by the time you're listening to this, that probably just came out or is coming out tomorrow. Uh, if if you're real keener on the podcast, the on the Switch. So this is a game that's been it's been out on PC and PS4 for a while now, but uh, this is the first time it's come to a handheld device, and uh, it's the first Legends of Heroes. Uh, on a Nintendo platform, as far as I know, there may be the no, it is. I'm pretty sure because yeah. the the first uh, the first few uh, were all on PC for as far as I know. So yeah, this is probably the first time that most Nintendo fans have seen uh, a title from this series. And uh, like you were saying, the the two of us are kind of in lockstep with just how incredible this game is. Like mm-hmm. this is this is ba- this is really one of the best experiences I've had on Switch. Uh, there's a lot of great games and this is right up there with them. Like this is in the the same conversation for me anyway, it's in the same conversation as like breath of the wild, Xenoblade two. Like mm-hmm. this is the upper echelon of games. Yeah, I think so too. And that's why I think we were kind of wondering why there aren't many uh, people talking about this game. Yeah. And I guess it, you know, it, it's already released on other platforms uh, and it's probably been out in Japan for a while. Japan's actually get, I think um, trails of cold steel four is already out in Japan uh probably on maybe on pc and ps4 coming to ps4 uh in the west this year and then uh, switch is getting the last entry uh switch and pc uh, are getting the last entry in the west uh next year um but you know, maybe just to to clarify because uh, it is a little bit of a maybe a funny thing so uh the legend of heroes is a a larger uh i think there's a, over a dozen legend of heroes games uh and they're broken in they're broken down into kind of a few different sub-series. So uh, the original Legend of Heroes games, I think there's uh, maybe four of them in total. Uh, and then after that, uh, you get what were referred to in Japan as the Kaseki games, uh, or the, in the West, the Trails games. And then in, in within the Trails games, there's actually th- another three sub-series. Uh, you have Trails in the <laughs> yeah. Sky... Uh, which we've already done an episode on. That I think I was I was going to be on that one, but I wasn't feeling well. So yeah, uh, uh, that was you and Gee uh, talked about uh, Trails in the Sky, the first chapter, I believe, uh, right, David? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Trails in the Sky has three three entries. Um, uh, it's a trilogy. Then there were two games after that. Um, I I can't remember the name. Um, it, it's it's something it's something with trails and maybe. Trail Zero. They, they they never came to the West actually at all. So the only way to play them is to is if you can read Japanese or uh, if you if you can uh, find a, a translated version of the game or uh, patch it in or something like that. But there are two kind of Trails games in this in the middle that um, have never come to the West or at least not yet. Um, and then and then the, after that you've got the four uh, Cold Steel games. So uh, Cold Steel one and two uh, are available on PlayStation three and Vita. Uh, I, I, I imagine PC as well. 
Uh, and then there's a, a compilation disc of one and two uh, available on PS4. I, I was hoping that at some point we would get that on Switch. I don't know if that's going to happen, but maybe if, if Cool Steel 3 and or 4 do well, maybe that means uh, they'll go back and consider releasing uh, 1 and 2. Uh, what, the first one I, I've played, I played it through on Vita. It's it's great. It's excellent. I haven't played the second one yet. I do have a PS3 copy, but uh, this third one uh, just blew me away. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. Uh, it is incredibly dense. There's just so much to do in this game, and the story just captivates you the whole way through. Uh, the cast is is excellent as well. Um, sorry, David, I stepped on your toes with the history a little bit. I just wanted to clarify <laughs> okay. a little bit of where Cold Steel 3 kind of fits into this whole thing. Uh, there are so many Legend of Heroes games, and it's really this this Trails offshoot that is become that seems to become the more popular and the more current uh, version of the, the the franchise, I guess. Yeah, and um, so one of the things that I found uh, with this title was, uh, especially like if you don't really know anything about the series and you start to you do that demo, <laughs> there's at the end of the mm. or about halfway through the demo, there's a, a an intro movie, and it shows it's got to be about thirty characters. Yeah, and at that point, it, it, I was like, I was afraid i was like what's going on there's too many characters to remember i don't know who any of these people are are they new are they old i don't know so um so i played for a few hours and uh the the combat mechanics really sucked me in i was i was like i was there i was into the game uh, and it was at that point that i realized it's like no i really like I, there's too many characters that are showing up or that that know the main character um, it's clear that there's a, a very, a story that's been going on for a long time that, yeah. that I need to catch up on. So yeah, I went back, like you said, there's the, the, the first three. So it's the, this storyline starts with the trails in the sky trilogy, which is the, so this is uh, a trilogy that follows Estelle and Joshua, uh, bright. And, uh, it takes place in the, uh, liberal kingdom, uh, which is, uh, just, uh, I think it's South south of uh, where everything's taking place now yeah it's Arabonia. it's 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 southeast of Arabonia. so the con the, yep. the west so the continent is called zamuria uh which dave's going to be talking about in a second here and zamuria is divided at least um the western half of zamuria that we see in these games is divided into i think maybe five or six kind of countries or nations um so yes. Arabonia is where uh, the Cold Steel game, the yeah, the Trails of Cold Steel games take place. Uh, Liberal is where the Trails in the Sky games take place. Uh, the two Trails games that didn't, that haven't come to the West yet, or or maybe will never come to the Trails West, of Zero know. is what Trails is what they called. Yeah, yeah thank you. That's, that, that's right. Yeah, and those, uh, that those, takes place in Crossbell. That's right, and Cro- Crossbell is actually a, a nation that you visit in uh, Cold Steel Three as well. So. Um, you you're gonna come across a bunch of the characters there. Crossbell actually has a lot of significance in this game, so it's 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 worth um, you know learning a little bit about what what happened there. Uh, I think some of the uh, I was gonna say uh, one of the characters we're gonna talk about later, Yuna. She she uh, is from Crossbell, and she kind of worked in their police force and stuff like that, and knew some of the characters from the uh, the Zero games. So uh, yeah, there's just there's so much crossover and maybe just characters moving from one place to another. Um, the uh, Another place worth mentioning in Zamuria is the Republic of Calvard. Uh, Calvard is kind of is um, on the uh, west, sorry, the eastern side of the map, and Erebonia is on the western side. And then in the middle, you have Crossbell in the north, 
and liberal in the south. And so what happens is Crossbell is kind of caught in the middle uh, between a lot of conflicts uh, involving Erebonia and Calvert. And uh, you learn a lot about kind of like what's what's the problem with those two with those two nations? Why are they always fighting? What, how does Crossbell get dragged into the center of it all? Um, and that that kind of ends up being a big backdrop for Cold Steel Three. Is this um, impending? Uh, not not war yet, but maybe being on the brink of war with these two countries. And uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do the review uh, of of Trails of Cold Steel three uh, coming up here. But I'm mm-hmm. going to try to do a crash course <laughs> to because uh, I did I did a lot of research into the the games, and uh, I'm gonna try. Uh, I know not everybody would probably want to do. Um, combing through the wikis like I was going through because it's a ton of information. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to do my best to uh, crash course through the, the history of uh, Zamuria and um, kind of just give every, give you, um, uh, the I guess, base knowledge of what's going on. And then for people who are kind of uh, that get into it, then you, you'll be able to do uh, some nitty gritty detail hunting uh, on your own. But um, hopefully, uh, I can uh, kind of paint a picture of what's going on, and we'll kind of go from there, uh, leading into the review. And so I have so, to, um, I have to, I have to say, just looking at the notes, David, before you get on here, uh, this is something I wish that I, I knew, I know some of the stuff you're going to talk about, but I wish I had heard this or read this before I started the game because it, it's very easy. Even I think even if someone has played the first two Cold Steel games, to go into the third one. There is so much history and and people that they refer back to and just kind of lessons that you only learn in passing or only learn if you actually do some of the reading in the game. Like there are uh, books you can read in the game, um, people you can talk to that'll catch you up on the history. But it's this kind of stuff that I think would really enrich someone's enjoyment of the game. So, um, yeah, this I'm just saying I'm also looking forward to this segment as well as but my my long winded way of saying that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's begin. So um, back in the day, so the a lot of it's funny. A lot of the history almost um, re- resembles a lot of like the the Christian Bible in a, mm-hmm. in a certain sense because the the way that it works is that um, at the beginning of history, <laughs> there's the the Book of Genesis, and the religion in the game is called the is the Septin Septin Church, and uh, the the what they uh, what they talk about is that uh, everything was created by Adios or Adios, um, the god that uh, made the world. And so, uh, at the beginning of time, um, the, the everything was made. Zemuria was made, and there were seven treasures uh, that were given to mankind, uh, known as the Septarian. Um, so these are uh, uh, they they represent the elements of the world. So like you got fire, water, wind. Um, Fire, water, wind, earth is one. This earth, uh, uh, time, space, and oh, what's the seventh? Is it mir- is it mirage or something like that? Yeah, I can't remember the seventh it's one. It's the golden but... one. I yeah, I, I or unless yeah. it's time. Yeah. Yep. So there. Yeah. There's the those seven. Um. So each of the seven treasures represents one of the elements, and and they all do something different. Like, um, for example, um, one of them is. Uh, can bestow uh, certain wishes hmm. to to those who have have it in their uh, possession, and um, it's good to to. So this is one of the things that is the basis of the ongoing story now. So that's one of the things to remember. But um, there comes a point. So there's uh, all these uh, 
tribes that are living in in the world and they're using the septarians and they're kind of there's a civilization going on um but eventually um there comes a time where called the great collapse where uh, everything falls apart civilization dies and there's uh, survivors that remain that are that are kind of around but they're not they're not organized they're just kind of living and uh and this is kind of like the zero year basically and that leads into the the dark ages uh which goes goes on from i believe from like the the great collapse which would be year zero to about 500 or so um i don't know what they call the years but basically the five the 500th year and um between the 500th year and the 1500th year um is kind of like the middle ages where they're um reorganizing um civilizations and this is where the these nations that we talked about are, are becoming uh complete so the Erebonia, uh liberal calvert um the city state of crossbell and the political systems that are taking over is that there's a the, it's basically run by the nobles there's mm. like a noble families that that run everything and that leads up to um, uh, around the time, I believe it's, uh, 1192 is the, is the big, uh, year. It, it comes to the point where the commoners and the, and the, um, the nobles are kind of at odds with one another. The, the nobles are trying to hold on to power. Uh, but there's, uh, a, uh, uh, the, the there's a royal family and then there's like kind of a, an imperial government, uh, for Erebonia that, that that they're kind of fighting with mm-hmm. and the th- this leads up to the to the first trails in the sky game and the and the trilogy as a whole and uh it begins with the the destruction of hamel which is a um village that's within erebonia but close to liberal and the 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 destruction of of that village uh is talked about so it's talked about in those games it also comes up in cold steel 3 Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it basically, what happens here is that it, it's made the the noble one of the nobles, I believe, is Duke Cayenne, um, makes it look like Liberal had attacked the village of Hamel, and um, as a pretense to invade uh, Liberal, and so a uh, uh, hundred days war breaks out, and one of the um, generals in charge of of uh, Liberal is. Uh, um Cassius Bright mm. and so this is the father of the main characters in the Trails trilogy Estelle and Joshua and um these are so there's a 100 days war the, the Erebonia has a very much more powerful army uh but uh, Cassius using airships and uh tactics that are that are advanced tactics are they're able to to hold off the first wave of attack and it gives the queen of liberal time to negotiate a truce so uh, she be, she makes a tr- truce with uh, Erebonia, uh, and they basically pin everything on this this one duke, and and he goes into uh, uh, he goes he becomes arrested, I guess, at that point. Um, but it's also at this time where we learn that uh, in the shadows is the true antagonist uh, mm-hmm. of of the series, which is the the shadowy organization of Ouroboros. And uh, not a lot is known, like even up to Trails 4, like there's been, there's the original trilogy, there's the two in the middle, there's, there's now we're into the third Trails of Cold Steel. And, and there's still not a whole lot known about this organization. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of, um, 
been talked about that the organization has been a while, around for a while, but it's it's in the late um, 1100s where the um, let me just grab my notes here because there there's a lot going on with this. Uh, I like that you have your own notes in addition to the show notes. Like this is how yeah. thorough you've been with your research. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so Ouroboros is run. So this woman called the Grandmaster uh, formed what the Ouroboros, Ouroboros that we know now. She's described as a shadow. Uh, I believe she makes an appearance in voice only at the end of one, either the the first trilogy or or the end of the second game mm. in the in the Crossbell uh, story. But um, Ouroboros is uh, basically like they they have this grand plan to retrieve the septarians from from the dark ages or mm. from the from the original civilization and so uh, what we learn is that the trilogy trails in the sky trilogy is is the first part of Ouroboros's plan to retrieve the septarian of space uh the oh you might have to help me with the pronunciation the oriel or oriel or i i think oriel makes sense yeah oriel yeah um, so this is the thing that, that gave, um, humanity the ability to make wishes. Um, so it's a source of power and, uh, this was called the gospel plan. Um, so the, the first trilogy was Ouroboros, um, manipulating people and governments from the shadows in, in an attempt to locate the, uh, the septarian of space. And, um, by the end they actually <laughs> do, do, uh, find it hmm. and they've retrieved it. Playing Trails in the Sky, you'll learn that the the true villain in Tra- Trails in the Sky is um, George Weissman, and so the the way that Ouroboros is is structured is is you've got the leader of that that's the Grand Master, and then there's seven um, people of power underneath called the Anguis or Angui, and um, a, a lot of them aren't quite known either. <laughs> like uh, they're all numbered. So the first Angui um, is. Uh, more of a mediator for the for the the other six, and we still don't know who that person is yet. Uh, as of Trail, Trails of Cold Steel three, the second one is uh, Vito Clotilde, which I believe uh, is in the Crossbell duo potentially. Uh, I might have someone. She, so she's she's in the Cold Steel games as well. Um, she's uh, the sister. Uh, the older sister of Emma. So Emma is a Emma's a witch. Uh, Vita is a witch as well. Um, so yep. they're they're from the same kind of. I think it's called the Hexen clan or something like that. So she is a character that uh, play, people who uh, know the Cold Steel games would be familiar with. Yeah, and the the second Angui is the George Weissman uh, that I mentioned there. So he was the one in charge of the gospel plan to locate uh, the Oriel. and he was the the secret man antagonist in the Trails in the Sky and. He was, um, one of the things that we learned is that uh, Joshua is one of two, I'm going to say two known survivors at the time. Mm. <laughs> and, and, um, he, Joshua is actually, um, uh, you're saying survivors of the, uh, the attack on Hamill, right? On Hamill. Yeah. 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 So when Hamill is destroyed, there's only at the time it's only known that there's two survivors mm-hmm. And Joshua is one, and he was six at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Luol, the Blade Master, I believe is is his name, the Blade Master. I think he's the the other one. That, um, so the two of them join Ouroboros, and uh, Joshua um, is trained as uh, an assassin for mm-hmm. the for the group. And that's actually how he be he came to become a bright. Is that uh, his 
his first task was uh, to kill Cassius Bright mm-hmm. of Liberal. And um, as a 12-year-old, he, he almost does it, uh, but, does, but doesn't succeed. And uh, Cassius kind of takes him, you know, survives the attack and takes him in uh, uh, knowing like his backstory and, and he wants to help him. So and, he, and that's he takes the beginning. Back, that's and, the beginning effectively, uh, or cl- the kind of the backstory of the first trails in the sky game. That's kind of what, yeah. what you, that's all you really learn about, uh, before, or I should say, yeah, before the game starts, Joshua is just part of that family. Uh, and I guess it's through, through playing the games, you learn more about that backstory, but yeah, Warboards is really interesting because they, they, they seem to be popping up everywhere and, and the antagonists or, uh, groups in power, you know, they either have an alliance with them or they, or they, they mention them in passing. Like they, they seem to have their, their fingers in every pie in the game. Like they, they their, their influence seems to be felt kind of, uh, in a very widespread arc, I suppose. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty interesting. They're kind of always, something get you're you're worried about as a as a as a hero in these games so like i said they they end up uh well i guess just to kind of wrap up the, the trails of the sky so they so yeah like you said the beginning of the, the trilogy uh joshua is taken back to the bright residence where he he grows up as the adopted son as, mm-hmm. of cassius bright and the brother of uh, estelle and so the throughout the game um what ends up happening is cassius uh, goes missing in Estelle and Joshua as they're becoming bracers, uh, which is a guild of um, mercenaries for hire or basically good people though. Like they're, they're there to do tasks uh, and, and to help people b- uh, beat off monsters and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as they're training to become bracers, uh, they go on a, on a quest to um, travel across liberal and uh, try to locate Cassius. And um, what, what they end up finding at the, by the end of the game is that uh, Joshua discovers his history and he ends up um, leaving. He, he feels bad for uh, for what what happened, and so he ends up uh, leaving Estelle because he's kind of leaves in shame, I guess. And then the uh, the second game is Estelle trying to find him. And uh, by the like I said, by the end of the trilogy, what ends up happening is that uh, the Ouroboros gets gets the um, the Septarian, and uh, the the. The guy George Weissman ends up dying, and he and he he ends up being replaced by uh, someone else's another angry. Mm. Um, but yeah, like we and the, like you said, that that organization is interesting because like we, we there's so many of them that we don't know because there there's the fourth and fifth angu- anguis we we don't know who they are. They're, mm-hmm. they're still like there's a they have nickname for one the the thousand oathbreaker. Right, <laughs> he's is the fourth, but there's there's no information on the fifth. Um, then you've got, uh, the sixth one, which is Dr. Novartis. Um, they run like this, these 13 factories that basically make all the weapons for the, the organization. Right. And then the, the seventh, um, is, uh, the, the steel maiden, uh, who's the leader of the Stalridder, which we see it right at the beginning of, um, Trails of Cold Steel 3. I don't know if I want to get too detailed because I'm not 100% sure if the information I know about her is revealed in, in this game or not. Mm. So I don't I don't want to go too much into into this Steel Maiden because she's definitely a, a focal point at the end of uh, Trails of Cold Steel 3. So I'm, yeah, I'm you, kind you, of leaving it there. You learn more about her. You see more of her in the game. It is, it is kind of funny that she, uh, although her face isn't shown, you do see her talking in the demo of the game, uh, which kind of... Uh, 
I think it takes place in the second or third chapter of the game. So you end up you end up that that element of the demo, which is actually the beginning of the uh, full game. Actually, uh, so the demos takes about uh, an hour and a half, an hour or so, uh, and you realize that the very first part of the demo is part uh where you, this is where you're meeting the new class seven that's part of the yeah the, the second or third chapter i can't remember so you do learn a little bit more about uh the steel maiden there um but yeah maybe just for the sake of avoiding spoilers um we will leave it at that for now and um and i don't want to get too detailed either but so now that the gospel plan has been completed uh by Ouroboros, the trails of cold steel uh, quadrilogy, I guess, <laughs> mm-hmm. is the phantasmal blaze plan. Um, so yeah, the they are um, the two the two in charge of this one is the um, the the doctrine of artists and the iron maiden as we discussed, mm. and um, yeah, they're working on um, finding another septillion. So um, yeah, so that's kind of the overview, I guess, of of those. So the the two that we t- talked to the two in the middle that we haven't played yet or is based in Crossbell. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so this is a, a group of characters called the, I believe it's the SSS. It's basically like this, uh, a secret service policeman group, uh, it, that, that basically protects Crossbell. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the beginning of the, where the phantasmal bla- blaze plan begins. And then it, uh, spills over into the trails of cold steel uh, but we run like playing Trails of Cold Steel three. Um, you see characters from all of these games. Yes. Like all the time. <laughs> That's one of the things that was quite uh, fascinating about this game is that uh, you're meeting new people all the time, like constantly, mm-hmm. and they all know <laughs> the main character. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, so, it's funny. I mentioned in my review, like everyone knows Rain. Like every city you go to, he's always either meeting friends or people that admire him, or just people on like regular citizens that know of his exploits in the wars. Everyone is familiar. You know, it's funny. You might be a new player to the series, but you know, you're not a new. Rain is not a new character to anybody, right? Like everybody recognizes him wherever you go and has something to say to him or you know wants to you know hug hug him or shake his hand or something like that it's a a really fun uh an interesting element of the game just just being so well known everywhere you go uh and yet uh like all those interactions feel like genuine and meaningful they're all they're all really enjoyable to, to to find these characters that maybe if you're playing the game you might not know who they are right and some of them uh you know given that this is the first game on switch this is going to happen to a lot of people unless you go through all the background or backstory materials uh from the main menu you're you're going to play this game and run into characters you don't know but uh i think i think it is really uh a great part of the game is learning about who these characters are and you get a little bit more backstory you learn a little bit more about the characters that reen run in, runs into uh and you learn a little bit more about him as well like it, it's it's a really great part of the game yeah, I think one of the things they do well in, in uh, Cold Steel 3 is that uh, whenever you meet someone or whenever something happens or something in the story happens, they do a very quick recap of mm-hmm. uh, why it's important. Like, you know, there there could be somebody pops up that, that Reen knows and they talk about something that happened and then Reen will explain, like, very briefly how this per what this person means to him, like, what, what happened. So it, it provides you with, like, a very... Um, small just enough to be like okay to give you an idea of the context of where this person comes from 
yeah. but not like obviously if someone has been in the series for a long time they don't want to hear the story again because they right. already know it but it gives people like us who are just getting into it a, a taste of okay you know oh this this person is an old classmate and and this is they fought this big battle here like mm-hmm. it's just a quick like this is where i met this person this is where they helped me um and it gives you and it gives you enough information that if if you are interested like you know um like uh like Laura I it's Astrid I think it is um like she's an old classmate mm-hmm. um she knows this this sword this this oh, Arce, unique Laura, way of doing Laura Arce. 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 yeah sorry yeah Laura C so it gives you the 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 context of who what she means to Reen and then you can like I this is the kind of what I ended up doing for the early part was, you know, I get the backstory, I get the name and a little bit of the backstory of the character. And then I just flip over to wiki real quick and be like, okay, you know, how does she fit in? And then you get like a backstory of, you know, well, in Cold Steel one or two, this is what, you know, and it, it gives you the enough information that you're like, okay, I get, I get it. Like mm-hmm. it's uh, I can follow along. Like that's the thing is there's, there's a ton of story and a ton of plot, but it's all easy to follow. Yes. And, uh, well, yeah, to a certain extent. To, yeah, I, I think that <laughs> it, it does, as you get closer to the end of the game, uh, I think it does get a little bit more convoluted and dense. Like, they think they really do pack it on, um, kind of trying to prepare you for the fourth game, I suppose. Um, but we won't touch on that. But I, th- I think you're right. I think a lot of the story is easy to digest and very kind of very simple. And the characters spend a lot of time kind of talking about, about details and kind of like maybe reiterating uh, in their own words what's actually happening, right? You see it kind of... Um, the the plan given from the superior superiors and then he his uh, his his students kind of ask about it so he has to explain it to them as well so there's a lot of opportunities to see the story details uh, in a few different ways and I think that's what really helps make the story uh, easier to follow um, yeah I, I I sorry yeah Dave you continue yeah uh, I th- I think I think that might be uh, unless there's something specific that I went over that that maybe you were look you were hoping to hear more about i think i that might, I, I, I did want to say one a lot thing, of backstory I, I wanted to say one thing about uh, the meeting meeting new characters in the game just for people that might, might feel intimidated by that um you do i do believe you pick up um little character kind of uh uh dialogue entries or or kind of like um uh, profile entries as you meet new people. So uh, you'll notice that uh, when you talk to the students in the Thor's Military Academy, uh, where Reen teaches, uh, every time you talk to a new student, you gain a little bit of background information about them, not just from the dialogue, but you actually unlock a little entry that tells you more about them. So there's a lot of information kind of hidden in the menus if you want to dig into that. So David, you mentioned like going into a wiki and just checking on who a person is. Uh, but I think you can also just look through the game itself. If you dig through the menus a little bit, you'll find those kind of tidbits that fill you in on the backstory that you might have missed. Um, th- there's, I think, just built into the game, there's a lot of... Uh, extra reading and backstory that you can and should at least kind of like quickly flip through. I'm not saying like, you know, go out and digest every single piece of media about the Trails games, uh, you know, all, uh, I suppose, by this point, eight of them. Like, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Uh, you really focus on the 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 main three that, are com- that uh, have come out here. Uh, so Trails of Cold Steel 1, 2, and 3. If you know... Uh, enough about what's happening in one and two again and i haven't even played the second one but i can still really really enjoy this third one um i i I think it did help 
uh, some of my enjoyment with the character interactions uh, having played the first one, but it was a number of years ago. Like, I don't remember all the details of it. And um, I think, the again, the Cold Steel 3 does a good job of uh, telling you why people are important, where you know them from. And if you want to dig further, you you can, and I would recommend that. Yeah, well, in, in the Switch game... At the in the main menu, there you can go into a history section. Yeah, yeah. That it's it's a it's fairly long and fairly detailed about the the first cold or the first two cold steels. Um, so it's kind of like a, a timeline of like what happens in the game. Mm-hmm. So and it's all like it's it's all reading, uh, it's all text. Yeah. So it it I I actually went through it and it took me about two hours I think to get through most of it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then on top of that, if you don't want to go to the wiki and you want to get history, there's a library at the Thor's Military Academy about yeah. the history of Zamoria. Um, so there's like tons of books that you could read in game as yeah. well. Yeah. So like the, there's no shortage of, of story and lore in, in this series. Like I, I and I don't think you have to read any of this. I think you can still enjoy the game as it is. Uh, there will be some parts that you're maybe a little bit lighter on or that you miss out on, but in no way do you does the does it really suffer all that much just from not having read all the background. Uh, I think it can it can boost your experience. It can bolster it. I think you you'll get more out of the game if you if you commit to doing a little bit of homework. But I don't think it's necessary. I think the game really does stand on its own. Um, without having played the first two games, especially, and I think that's why one of the reasons why they're bringing it to Switch is they they realize like, hey, they've got a really um, a, a really solid RPG that uh, can can stand on its own and speak for itself without requiring playing the first two games. Uh, that said, like I don't think there are many RPGs where the games are so closely linked with one another, right? The Trails of Cold Steel for this set of four games, like they are, they're all. They're direct sequels to one another, like where you can play one, two, three, and then four, and they are all on a fit, pretty strict timeline, right? Like where the the ending of one is the beginning of two, and at the ending of two, maybe there might be a little bit of a lag, but then you go right into three with the, with the same characters, same world, all that stuff. Um, I, I I can't think of many other games that are like that, David. Can you think of any that do the whole timeline kind of direct sequel thing? Not like <laughs> it's the only one that comes to mind is uh, Eve's. Yeah. Just because, and, and but that's also a Falcom developed game, so it's so uh, you know it almost shouldn't count because it's the same developer. And, but and even then, like Eve has the same main character. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. You guys just recorded. Oh, Adel. Adel, yeah. Uh, like he yeah. he's the same character in every game, but you don't meet the same characters in every game, right? Like you, he has different kind of allies and different party members every yeah. time. It's like a new, yeah, it's like a new adventure for him each time. Sort of yeah. Thing, so. Yeah. So they're yeah. not necessarily telling one huge long story. Like I think it's going the only, in, in the trails games, like the elder scrolls maybe, but a little bit, but different characters. I mean, you're, you're, you're basically just playing a, a choose your own adventure character there. So that even that's tough. Yeah. Too. So it's, maybe the yeah. Witcher games, Witcher one, two and three, is that possible? Yeah, I guess that that would be, but I mean, they're only at the, they're only on the third. Yeah, so they got a they got a ways to go. Yeah, um, given how long CJ Project takes to make a game, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. they're, I'm sure they're working on Witcher Four or whatever the next Witcher game is. But I mean, <laughs> we're getting we're getting uh, Cyberpunk this year. That game was announced eight years ago, which is insane, I think. But yeah. uh, in 2012, it was announced just before the PS4 came out. I was reading that today. 
Um, uh, Ma- no, Mass Effect yeah, is one. Mass Effect one, two, and three. Like those are direct sequels. Like it, you, yeah. you benefit from playing Mass Effect one and two, and and make you can even oh, make and decisions. Dragon Age. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dragon Age. Uh, not as not as much though. Sort of. Because you're not no, following. Guess... You're not following Shepard all the way through, right? It is you are kind of making your own. Uh, you make your own character in the first one, um, and then the second game is Hawk. And the third game yeah. is, I think, make your own character again. It it it's it, it's the same world, right? But the yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm thinking about where the story of one character is kind of being told. Like all of the Trails games, the Trails of Cold Steel games, it's all about Reen's story. It's Reen's story yeah. in the world of Erebonia and you know him going through Thor's and then becoming the professor, and we'll see what happens in the fourth game. But yeah, it's yeah. just it's just something really really unique, and I think this this third game. Uh, like maybe like The Witcher Three is an excellent point to jump in because it's just such a solid, well-made, uh, well-made RPG, and I think we're going to hop into it here. Yeah, this is uh, the perfect spot to uh, get into the review. So, like I said, we're not uh, we're not going to um, spoil the story or anything, but uh, there's plenty uh, plenty to talk about. Yeah, so uh, it, it's worth mentioning the story structure of the game first of all, and I think uh, the first two games uh, fall do something similar. So it, it's a chapter based game. Uh, cool Steel Three has a prologue. It has four chapters in the middle and then a finale. Um, the the prologue is 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 very short. It's uh, m- most of it I think is taken up with the the demo of the game actually. Um, the the third and fourth chapters are incredibly lengthy. Uh, you you finish the game probably in the forty to fifty hour range. Um, more if you want to try to do everything, and th- there is a ton of stuff to do. Lots of side quests that are totally optional. Uh, and the game actually tells you they're very much optional. You don't need to do them if you don't if you want to advance the story. Uh, you can just do that. Um, so, uh, like we've been kind of hinting to or alluding to, uh, Trails of Cold Steel, the quadrilogy follows Reen Schwarzer. Uh, Reen is a graduate of the Thor's Military Academy. So in the first two games, uh, he is still a student. In this third game, he becomes a professor. Uh, and rather than a, being a professor at the, uh, the, the Central Academy or the main academy, he's a, a professor at the Branch Campus, which I think is uh, a new campus they've just opened uh, in a different city. Um, is obviously a little bit smaller too. Uh, he's entangled with the government as well, to some extent, like they kind of, uh, I think these are events that happen in the second game. Uh, a government official is going to call upon him to take on extra quests or to, uh, thwart, um, uh, evil intentions or certain antagonists in the game. So you kind of have this balance between, uh, the academic side of the game, which is kind of the first half of every chapter, uh, that that's, uh, that happens with uh, Reen and his students, and then the second half of every chapter where you're doing something that's more um, uh, for a particular city that you're visiting, uh, and you, maybe you, you're helping the government with a, a set of tasks that they've assigned you. Um, the nation of Erebonia, which David had been talking about in the history, is trying to put into place in this game uh, a new law or new policy that is, I think it's trying to take power away from the nobility, and is trying to tax all of the regions or cities evenly. 
so you learn a little bit more about uh, who who's kind of started this pursuit, who wants it, who's against it. Uh, you learn about in, in all three of the games the Blood and Iron Chancellor um, uh, Goliath uh, or. Uh, Gabraith Osborne, I think it might be his name. Um, so he's kind of a, a central antagonist or a central figure in the game. Uh, sorry, in the, in the three games so far. So you learn a little bit about you know why why is he pushing for this new uh, this new policy for Erebonia? What's the purpose of kind of trying to unite all of the cities uh, together? Um, the commoner chancellor they call because he's not no he's not from noble blood. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of risen to power, but he's he's not part of the nobility. So you can kind of see why he would be someone wanting to take power away from the nobility because he doesn't come from that group. Um, yeah. I think the division of the chapters uh, and the, even within the chapters, there's different days. So there's a calendar that kind of rotates through. Uh, and I, I allude to it uh, lightly in my review of the game, but uh, there's a lot here that reminds me of Persona. Uh, the the division of days uh, on a calendar, the fact that you've kind of kind of the more social elements, the bonding with the characters in the game versus the combat side. Uh, it's it's obviously a story that's uh, fairly fairly grounded, but also has kind of fantasy or uh, elements that don't really belong, ma- magical elements, I suppose, uh, kind of like Persona does as well. Um, the the pacing of the game is really solid. I think the the chapters, even though some of the later ones are longer, I think the fact that you've got the schedule of days and different activity different activities you're doing in every day works really well. Um, there's a nice contrast between the more lighthearted activities you do on campus and in the 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 kind of a campus village, which is called Leeds. Um, and then the bonding events with the other characters where you're kind of just helping them with their, their helping them with their studies or the clubs that they're joining at the school. Uh, and this, like I said, this contrasts with uh, the field excursions, which is when Reen and the rest of his, uh, his class, the rest of the school travels by train to a nearby city where they help uh, residents of that city with some of their tasks uh, as part of their field trip. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, often Reen will be called upon to do, uh, do some bidding of the government uh, while they are on a field excursion as well. So a uh, nice contrast between the two kind of sets of activities you're doing in every chapter. Um, David, is there, did you have something to add there about the kind of the different activities you can do or what did you really like about the maybe division of, uh, of the chapters? Yeah. The, the comparison to persona, I think is, is there. The, the, the one good thing I like about this one is that there's no like persona. I felt like, especially persona five there, there's kind of like a puzzle mechanic to like trying to fit everything into mm. a certain amount of time where, uh, with this one, there, there's no, you never feel rushed or you never feel like you, like if, if you're the type of person that likes to do everything, there's time to do everything. Like for there, sure. There's yes. no, yeah. There's nothing like, well, if you talk to this person, that means you can't talk to this person. And that means like, no, like if you, you, if you want to talk to as many people as you can, you can, there's side quests that you can do or not do. Um, the, the one caveat I suppose is that you only get, um, you're given, um, bonding points. Yes. Uh, so you have a, a a set amount of bonding points, which means you can have more um, thorough conversations with your students. Mm-hmm. Um, I think early on, there's not enough students to like. There's enough points to, f- to fill out all the students, so it's not really yeah, an issue yeah, late, that's right. Early, but later in the game, um, you you will have to pick like, you know, you got. Uh, 
there's only there won't be enough points to do them all, so you will have to pick and choose at that point later on. Yeah, so, um, and the bonding the bonding events or the bonding uh, kind of points really reminded me of social links, right? Because you're you're trying yeah. to develop a relationship with different characters, which can boost their stats. It can award you with certain items, and then I think when you get when you fill up their kind of bonding meter, uh, it's a it's a five star meter. When you fill that up, you also unlock like a special cutscene as well. So it's it reminded me a lot of that element of persona but maybe with a little bit more flexibility or freedom yeah and like you said these interactions are very very lighthearted. like yeah there there's there's not a whole lot of seriousness to much of what's going on like they're they're kind of just doing learning and there's a lot of jokes and mm-hmm. uh, they there's um some like shenanigans in the in the dorm rooms and stuff so it's 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 all fun it's like it's a good break because yeah um, the way that the chapters go, so you got, like you said, you've got your student, your school stuff at the beginning, and then you go for the field trip, and and then that's when like the you meet up with Ouroboros and that sort of thing, yeah, and the yeah. plot goes, and, and the the end of the chapters are are much more intense. They they usually end with the battle, and so to kind of restart again before the next big battle is, is nice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you get this build up, and then it's like okay, take a breath. And then build up again, and then take a breath. Like that's how it feels to me. So it, I, yeah. I think it was good, and like like you said, it's well paced that way in, in mm. the sense that you know it's not all uh, an uphill run. Yeah, I think I think it's it works thematically as well. Because if you think about it, like if you're if you're uh, you know you're a student at a school and you go on a long tiring field trip, you know that that ends with some huge boss battle or some huge revelation. Uh, you don't you don't come back the next day and be like, oh, OK, we're going to do it all again. Like we're going to do something really, really intense. No, like the whole purpose is like you you need a little bit of a break. You need a letdown from that. And so you get those kind of like uh, hills and valleys, I suppose, in terms of the excitement of the game. And so you're you're always uh, in the uh, lighter hearted chapters. You're kind of building towards something. You know that by the time you leave on your field trip. There's maybe a little bit of, you know, story or plot. The plot's kind of thickening. Something's bubbling under the surface. And then when you get to the city, you start to, you, you learn what's going on here. You learn, like, who's who's committing what crime, who's doing something that needs to be, uh, their, their plot needs to be foiled or unraveled or something like that. And so, yeah, I, 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 I guess I was really captivated by the way that the game kind of uh, gives you the opportunity yeah to you i think you put it well uh to take a breath and then to you know go back in uh you know, go these really intense fights really maybe difficult and more challenging uh combat situations uh that where the the music is is more dramatic and all that all the stuff is really coming to the forefront uh and then you go back to the school and it is very much like a break it feels like a break for reen and the students they they're kind of going back home in a way you know like after after the long train ride they you know all kind of crash in the dorm and then the next day it's usually like a free day and during the free day you just go around the the campus or the the town of leeds and you talk to people in the town and do some like you know, find my cat, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. cork, uh, bake some bread for this carrot, find the ingredients to bake a bread, like it, go, go fishing. Like it's all, it's all very much like set up as the, the, uh, take it easy, take a rest. Uh, and then we'll pick things up again the next day. Like, I, I think it just yeah. works out so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the story or the way the game is uh, structured in terms of chapters and everything like that. Um, yeah, you mentioned a, a really captivating battle system, uh, battle mechanics, David, earlier on, and I, I totally agree. Um, I think it's a, a system that always keeps you engaged. You have to think about so many different things that are going on. 
Uh, it's not just kind of simple jamming uh, jamming A button while uh, as your characters do uh, do their turns. Uh, so it is turn based. Uh, you have free movement on a battlefield. So it's your turn. One of your actions. And they kind of cleverly do this uh, at least on on uh, on a on a controller. I don't know what it would look like on PC, but. The the face the face buttons so uh, A B X Y are all control one action and then on your D pad uh, up down left and right also control an action so A might be basic attack B might be retreat I think Y is use an art which is a, a spell basically uh, and X is craft which is a, a special ability that you build up through a meter um, uh, and then on, on the D pad pressing up allows you to do an order which is a command that lets you uh, kind of uh, give a stat boost or a, a special perk to all of the party members that you're playing with at the time. Uh, and every character uh, who's in, even if they're not in your party, if they're in your reserve party, they can still give orders to the team. And so uh, every character that you meet, every character that joins you, and there are over a dozen care. I think there's over 20 characters at some point that will be in your party. They all have their own order. So at the, least, <laughs> yeah. And so it's yeah. really, it's really, it's really unique that even people you see for like half of a chapter, they will have abilities and 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 orders and and uh, just things that they can do that no other character will have. And so you you get a you're constantly given new opportunities in in uh, in, in the chapters to, uh, through the combat. So I really like that. Um, arts and crafts, like I mentioned, the spells and abilities, they, they target enemies or even allies if it's a healing spell uh, within a radius. So you need to position yourself uh, and other characters and you know look at, look, for, look at the pattern of the enemies, how they're arranged on the field. You want to position everything so you can affect as many targets as possible. So Rain has an ability called Gale. Uh, it has a really, really large radius. It hit, it, it'll hit almost every enemy on the screen. But if you're very far away from the enemies, maybe you're, you're at the back of the battlefield, uh, you might need to move forward before Gale will be uh, a good ability to use. Um, maybe uh, another ability that uh, another character might have is they shoot in a straight line. So they'll shoot their gun or their crossbow or whatever it is uh, in a straight line, and all the enemies in that line will be hit. Uh, even if the line itself isn't all that wide, if all the enemies are lined up just so, you'll be able to hit them all with that with that uh, sniper shot or, or, like I said, like a bow and arrow or something like that. Um, a final uh, one, final thing that I'll mention uh, is link attacks. So. Link attacks reminded me so much of the all-out attack uh, in Persona 5. Uh, or all the Persona games have a form of that, actually, I think. Uh, so link attacks are uh, follow-up attacks that uh, your party members can do when you hit a weak spot. So uh, all enemies have uh, weaknesses to uh, different types of weapons. So they might be weak to a sword or a bow uh, or an axe or something like that. Uh, and depending on uh, which character you're using and which weapon they have, uh, you'll activate a, uh, a critical attack or you'll, you'll hit their weak point and then another character will do some kind of follow-up. They will follow up with an attack or both characters can follow up with an attack or if you've built up your order meter to five, you can actually spend all five of those points not on orders but on a kind of an all-out attack. Uh, I think I call it a burst attack where all four party members will come in and start beating on the enemy for, for a lot of damage. Uh, so that really reminded me of the all-out attack from Persona. Um, David, what to, what was it about the combat that really kind of drew you in, or what were you most interested about uh, every battle? Uh, I just think it's 
uh, incredible how there's so much happening in, yeah. the, in the combat, but yet it all makes sense. Like mm. I, I could, it, it's just so weird. It, we could spend hours talking about just the battle mechanics because it's it's insane. Like you, you got the crafts, you got the arts. So like you said, spells and abilities. Um, then the enemies, like they have the weaknesses to certain weapons. They have the weaknesses yep. to certain elements. Um, so different spells can work Um, they also have um, a balance gauge where you can unbalance or or break Uh, that's right the the enemy so if if you hit them uh, enough um, what happens is is that they they become unbalanced and they can't attack for a certain amount of time like there's um, the 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 turns are shown in on the side where you can see like who's going to attack next so if the enemy becomes unbalanced, then what happens is, is they go to the bottom of the screw, like the bottom of the list, and then um, they need to take they they basically lose a turn when they get to their turn too to to rebalance. But while they're unbalanced, you can hit them with any attack, and and mm. you'll be given brave points, and you can do those follow up attacks. And That's um, right. there's a lot of risk or reward to the follow up attacks too, because if you if you don't use the if you just you if you don't use the follow up attacks like. There's like levels of follow-up attacks. There's like the the regular follow-up attack where you don't have to give up a brave point. Then mm-hmm. there's um, I can't remember what the second one's called. Melee maybe or where um, what ends up happening is that the um, whoever you're linked with, like the two characters, will attack everyone on the screen, and That's right. or all of the enemies that are that are in the play field. And then the third one is like the battalion attack where all four characters will attack all the enemies. Um, so, and you have to expend all of your brave points that you've been banking at that point to use that one. Um, yeah. So whether you want to use that burst attack or that, that all out attack versus saving those points for the orders, like that's a decision you constantly have to make because the orders are really powerful as well, but they're only temporary, right? So you kind of want to save your best attacks for when you have an order, uh, an order activated that maybe boosts your attack or boosts your uh, damage when you've broken an enemy. Like, yeah, you're right. There's tons of stuff to consider if if yeah. you if you want it. Like, it's all all the information is there. But yeah, it's it's deep. Yeah. Well, and we don't even have time to get into the Arcus too, which is <laughs> yeah. what, what drives all this. Because yeah. um, so like all of them, just briefly, they all, they all have this. Are it's called the Arcus two, which is basically a cell phone. And every all of their their power ups are all controlled by this the cell phone. So they, um, mm-hmm. the, the element that they attack as um, is, is the main element in the cell phone, and then you can add other elements onto it, um, which gives you like if you wanted your uh, it, it's basically like a jobs class, I guess, to a certain degree because you can. Or make, I, I like it into materia. I think it's, it's yeah. You, you, you equip too. you yep. equip a materia. You equip. Uh, they're called quartz in this game. You equip a quartz on the Arcus, and then you can cast that spell. There's no, there's no learning a yep. spell. There's no even. I don't even think you, the spells level up or anything like that. Like it's just, it's strictly a matter of if you if you have a, a, a particular quartz, then you have that spell, and any character yep. can use that as long as they've got an open slot in their Arcus. And you can you can mix and match. You can make one character more of a healer uh, or more of a, a, a maybe a character to do a buffs and debuffs or something like that. Like you, you can get you have a lot of variety. Into, I mean, that's a whole other level of customization for the game. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, having these other these characters like original class seven characters come along where. 
Like, it's fun to fight as the new Class 7, but then you, you get these other characters, and then you have all these brand new attacks that you can learn and have fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these characters are absolute beasts. <laughs> like, yeah, a couple really of them. Really yeah, like, if, if there there's a character, like the witch character, Emma, um, if yeah. you get into the nitty-gritty of what she can do, like, you you're you can become unstoppable with some of her powers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I discovered a couple orders that, that in combination just makes it to the point where like you're not even taking damage anymore you're just yeah. pounding on characters um so learning like there's having all that customization and then on top of that you get new characters for even more customization like i i just fell in love with this mechanic system some of the characters that are really powerful are the ones that were never students like your your former instructor sarah uh she's a bracer uh kind of like a, a little bit of like a mercenary i think we mentioned bracers earlier um sarah's really powerful um you uh, another bracer um uh what's his name with it? it starts with a t um he's he's uh friends or kind of protector of the uh the little engineering girl tita oh um you're talking about agat agat yeah so he's yep. he, he's really the heavy powerful. bleed he, he's really powerful his his s um his S craft, which is kind of like the when you've got a full when, when your meter is over a hundred points, your your craft meters, uh, your CP meters over a hundred points, you can do an S craft ability. Uh, what's cool about them is you can kind of interrupt enemies' turns with the S craft ability, which I, I'd actually forgotten about until later on in my playthrough. His S craft ability, he like launches into the sky and like brings a meteor down with his sword. It's really insane. It's it's like a yeah. something you'd see uh again, it's like, like a super in, move for every character basically. Yeah, they all have them and yeah. they're all they're all devastating and they they get stronger the longer you you build up that meter. So if you wait till the meter gets to 200 CP, those S-craft abilities are just absolutely devastating. But yeah, some of the characters that are the strongest, they only join you for like a segment of a chapter. So you're kind of, te- you're teased a little bit by how powerful they are. Uh, but I mean, ultimately you can get your characters to be at that level too. It just seems like some of the guest characters that join you come in and they're, the game even tells you this. They're like, oh, you should use the guest characters when they're here because they're stronger than your <laughs> yes. current characters. So they, yeah. they kind of encourage you to do that when they're around. Yeah. I, I like. I thought that was a fun thing too. And then all of this, and there's no time to talk about the fact that you like basically ride in Gundams in certain fights. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like god! Yeah, you you like, you. And these, they have their complete own mechanic they have, system. They have their they have their own like, battles. They have their own arts. They have their own yeah. uh, quartz, basically, that you equip to them as well. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah, that's a... It's insane. It's a, it's a really, really on. enjoyable aspect of the game. But there's just... So, again, I think we're we're getting into the fact that there's just so much variety to the gameplay. Yeah. Especially the com- the combat has more variety than maybe any other RPG, at least turn-based RPG that I've ever played. Like, I, I don't know another game that does all of this in its runtime. Like, it's it, it does seem really massive. Yeah, and, and does it well. Yes, like, yes. Everything just flows perfectly. Like there's, there's never a point where I where, like even if you if if you start to ignore certain aspects of the the battle system, like you're not going to be punished. Like there's always yeah. ways to move forward, and it's how it's how you want to do it. And yeah. if you want to use like a lot of things, you can. If you like, there was points where I wasn't really getting, I wasn't screwing around too much with. Because like each person has a weapon, and you mm-hmm. can upgrade weapons. Um, so there's a little bit of that, and then there's. I didn't, you didn't, you don't really have to like, uh, inventory management was not really a problem. Like when the, I guess that's the other part of the good part of the chapter setup is that it seemed like whenever we went back to the Academy, that's when I would like reassess, okay, yes, well, what do yes. I, what courts do I have and what weapons do I have? And it was a time to kind of, that was when I would 
go back and and uh, optimize everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, at the so, end of a yeah. chapter, you get a lot of your rewards cashed in, right? You get rewards for how many side quests you've done. You get rewards for little things like taking a picture for this one, for this uh, journalist or telling a story to the guy who runs the radio station. Like there's all these little ways to get, they get most of the time they give you accessories or, or things to uh, kind of uh, craft better equipment. But you're right. There's not a lot of different weapons or armor to wear. There are a lot of accessories you can get. But the thing that there's the most of, I think, are the quartz, right? The, the different uh, yep. uh, abilities that you can equip to your Arcus. Uh, some of them give you spells. Some of them just improve your stats. But there's tons of these things. And you can craft really, really strong ones if you're kind of looking everywhere and kind of doing a lot of the side quests. You can get... I'm just it, like I'm. I'm getting. Conf- I'm confusing myself now because there. You you can trade. You can <laughs> trade in fish from the fishing mini game. You can trade in yep. like uh, you trade in lower level quartz to get higher level ones. Like man, there's just a ton of that. Like it's, it, it's awesome. Like I gotta say, like all of all of the stuff related to combat and progression is is simple, but it has so much depth to it if you want it. So yeah, love that part. Yeah, this might be a good time to get into our favorite parts before we get too much of a, on a so, tangent. So that's definitely one, is that the combat, and I'm, I'm glad we spent a long time in it because I think it is excellent. Um, I, I want to mention, just because we're we're getting, we're already, you know, a little bit over an hour here, I want to I mention one specific favorite part and then one general one. So one, one generally, I love meeting former members of Class 7 and seeing how, like, Reen's old friends kind of come into the picture, come into the story. You see kind of, like, where they are. It's kind of a where they are now thing. And so they're, they're catching up with Reen and telling him, like, Oh, you know, th- this is the position I have now, or this is where I'm working now. Uh, one of Reen's uh, former uh, classmates. Um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, the the musician. He's one oh, of the first. Elliot. Elliot, yeah. So Elliot's like a touring musician now. Like he's he's going to all these fancy places, and that's kind of how you meet you meet him because this the city that you're going to for your first field trip is the same one where he he's playing or he's kind of pla- he's passing through there as well. So it, it feels kind of really nice and fitting that you run into characters kind of naturally like it doesn't feel i mean some of them joke about it being forced like oh you just happen to be here but i think most of the time it's like no you're going to this person's hometown or you are investigating the same thing that they are just from a different perspective so i i love all of the things that happen with the characters or the people that reen knows or has had intimate relationships with the way that you re-meet those people or you encounter them again, it feels really genuine. And again, even if you don't remember who these characters are, you've never met them before, I think you still you still get a sense of how Reen is dealing with these encounters. And I think that's what's really uh, one really kind of generally special part of the game. Uh, one really quick thing that I think is just hilarious, and uh, uh, you mentioned the the giant mecha combat that happens uh, throughout some of the chapters. Uh, Reen Reen's giant robot is called Valimar. Uh, Valimar is a, a divine knight. I think there's seven divine knights. They're related to the um, the, the seven elements that we talked about earlier too. Um, half the time when Reen calls for Valimar, he like he like sticks his hand in the air. He's like Valimar, I summon you. <laughs> and someone like interrupts him and Valimar doesn't show up. Like another character yeah. shows up and like, or for whatever reason, he can't get through to Valimar. And that won't be necessary. It's it's, it's just hilarious. <laughs> said, I th- like three or four times. I thought that was hilarious that like there's, yeah. a, it's a running joke, I guess, in the game that half the time Reen calls for Valimar, he doesn't show up. 
But damn, when Valimar does show up, it just all hell breaks loose. Like <laughs> you, you know that like they're just kicking it up to like level eleven with at that point. And so yeah, anytime the giant mechs come into play, like not the tra- you do training with them on campus, but when they actually fight with the giant mechs on the field. Yeah, it's it's just super energetic and like it, you know very dramatic and emotional and like I, those are really epic moments in the game I think. So I, the fact that they joke around with Rain ha- summoning him so many times and he doesn't actually show up I think just if, even when he does show up I think it makes it even more impactful. So I, I love that part too. What about you, David? What did you like the I, most? I, th- I think my favorite thing about the this game and the trail series in general is just the the um overall positive feeling that you get when you're Mm. playing like nothing there's no darkness like bad things happen but there's still like this this overarching feeling of like happy like just that it's it's an upbeat yeah and and happy happy game like there's you know it's not like green is being tortured tortured uh you know with you know, this, this thing and that thing, and oh, this bad thing happened to him and this bad thing happened to him and he Mm -hmm. has to overcome. Like there's, there's lots of stuff to do, but the, but everything feels just kind of happy. Like it's just a a very light feeling through the game. And I I really enjoy that. Um, I also like that they they're able, there's a very complex story going on, but there's no true like evil like we talked about Ouroboros being like the 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 antagonists mm-hmm. but but they're not evil per se like they're not yep. like you know there there's some flexibility to like maybe they're doing bad things for good reasons and it's not hard to know but mm. e- like and then even the rivals like um very early on there's this one scene uh, that kind of summed up how I feel about like you know, rivals aren't always rivals. Sometimes they become friends. Like yeah, even yeah. one of Reen's students was was a former enemy in a in a previous game. Yeah. Um, they they there's a scene where they meet up with Ouroboros agents and um the, they're at like a gravesite and and uh, you know the Reen and his group are show up and and they they they're face to face and and say like mm-hmm. this isn't the place to fight and they're like no we agree. You know, pay your respects. Yeah. We'll go fight at the front door. You know, down down the way or here, and and they respectfully like all walk together <laughs> to yeah. to have this this battle. Like, it, you know, there there's like this mutual respect between everyone. Like, there there's no real yeah. jerks or bad guys. Like, it's it's just like there's one side and and uh, you know the everything's a shade of gray and i think that's terrific it really adds to the the nuance and complexity to the story that you know there, there's no one that you're supposed to hate or no one that you're supposed to like is you're just mm. supposed to you know be in the in the moment or in the story i think so i think there's two reasons for this one is that everyone knows reen it, it's just like everywhere yeah. everywhere they go like oh oh you're the ashen chevalier oh like you know i want to i want to kind of test myself against you right i don't want to kind of cheat myself out of this opportunity to face off against a great warrior like i, I want to see if on an even playing field can i beat you like everyone seems to want to test 
their skills or test their abilities against Reen. And so I think that's one of the yep. that's one of the reasons why everyone is so kind of respectful and wanting to you know, kind of fight or duel with honor against him. They really I think they respect what he's done, what he's accomplished, and they really want to see how do they measure up against him. You actually have a lot of opportunities, kind of like little side quests or side events where you can test Reen against different people on campus. Like the the principal, for example, that you can just you can visit her uh, during chapters and she'll she'll kind of test you out in battle and she's really powerful but <laughs> if you can get wrecked <laughs> yeah usually you do but if you can beat her you can you can get some uh some extra uh points for the end of the chapter i think they're called ap or something like that um yeah which which raises your overall ranking uh yeah the, again was something we haven't even talked about um and, and then <laughs> and, and then the yeah uh so that, that was one reason the the other reason is that uh it's hard to differentiate between heroes and villains like you said or, we, or who a bad guy is like, everyone seems to have their own reasonable agenda for what they're doing you yeah. know like a, or they're they're taking orders from somebody and, and they don't know what they want to do so they're like oh you know i'm just i'm i'm following orders but i'm not sure exactly what the what the purpose of all this is so i'm not gonna necessarily go too hard against you like i i maybe they haven't even made up their mind about what they want to do like everyone just seems to know each other like oh yeah you're this person's father or you're you're this person's cousin or you're half the half the enemies and 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 heroes are related to one another so like there's another reason yeah. why they're not going you know to, to try to murder each other like it, it's all much a very uh a test of like how strong are you or like how how strong is your resolve right now rather than i need to destroy you like it it, it, it does feel like just advancing agendas rather than like trying to hurt the other person. It's more like proving a point, I guess, as opposed to like, uh, I need to end you. So you get out of my way. It's more like, here's what I want to do. Here's what you want to do. Let's see which philosophy, let's see which theory or concept wins the battle. Not even like a person winning a battle. It's a really funny thing to do, but um, yeah, half the time you, you fight somebody, it's always like, it's never to the death. It's like, ah, oh, you know, this this was good. It was a good test of our of our strength. Uh, let's come back when we're stronger and we'll try again. Like it, that's how it yeah. felt. Like so many battles kind of resolving themselves like that. And everything's laced in humor. Like yes, from yes. the villains to the to the heroes, like everything has a humor to it. Yeah. Um. You know, there's uh, Muse is always joking about how Reen is going to be your husband. Oh my god! Um, yeah, and make and <laughs> every scene, every like, scene, no matter how serious every, it is, like doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like she's still joking about that. Yeah, she, there's always sexual innuendo from her. Like yes, and yes. and it's not even. And it's funny, like she knows she's doing it. Every everyone around her like acknowledges, like this is just who she is. Yeah, they just brush it off like it's just oh well, that's just Muse, you know. Um, I mean, so, it's a running a running joke that like all the girls, uh, you know, who might have an interest in Reen, and there's many of them. They're always they all seem to know each other. Or they all seem like, oh no, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't possibly compete with so and so. Like it's 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 funny. Like it's a uh, I, I think that was part of the the first game as well with all of uh, Reen's female classmates. There's always a lot of uh, always a lot of kind of, kind of pushing. You know, oh, you know, do you like this person? Do you like this person? Like in Reen, Reen's he's very he's not oblivious, but he just kind of ignores it all. Like he's like, ah, oh, you know, yeah. you know that that's inappropriate, or you know, don't worry about it, or it's it's not, you know, he always says it's, it's not like that, it's not what you think, you know. He's, I don't know, it, it's a funny, it, it's a trope, but I think it's an enjoyable one here. Yeah, yeah, because it's never like I know some sometimes the the Japanese games like they can go too far for some of some Western culture, yeah, people where it's like, ah, you know, we're 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 kind of 
you know, getting into inappropriate things here, mm-hmm. but I, I don't feel like there's anything that's inappropriate. It's, it's, it's all funny. Like, yeah, it's um, very, it's very light. None of it's really yeah. all that serious. I don't think so. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really enjoy that, mm-hmm. that aspect for, of it. Uh, just cause of where we are time wise, should we dive right into last call at this point? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into last call, the, the, you, the, our discussion I read at the end about the, the people, the, um, girls that, the that Reen was, uh, you know, running into and all, yes, all yes. these, like, do do you have a feeling of who, who his actual girlfriend could be? Like the, the one, I guess, would it be Elisa? Yeah. I, uh, so in my in my playthrough of Cold Steel One, uh, at the uh, this was a slight spoiler for the end of Cold Steel One, but I, I think a lot of the games do this. There's like a, there's like a festival or something like that, and you can kind of like go through the festival with one of your classmates uh, or or one of the the people at the school in the first game. And so uh, if your bonding level is high enough with them, then you can choose that character. So I, I chose Elisa, and I, I, I that felt like a canon ending to me. Like it it, it was it, it was romantic, and I think that when the two of them run into each other in this game, it feels like they kind of pick right up uh with that with that same relationship so yeah. I, I i don't know i think you have some choices in the first game of who reen might you know be starting a relationship with but i don't know that in this game it's fully pushed through but elisa would be my it just seems like the default kind of answer to that question although yeah i mean there it must be like 10 or 12 of them that that he's connected with yeah, um, there, there, but there's... that was the one that felt the most real. Yeah, um, it does. And it's even funny too with because uh, Elisa, like Sharon, is is kind of like a I don't know caretaker or just like a, a assistant or something to Elisa, and they yeah. and they and they there's a lot of jokes about how um, Sharon will you know she says oh, I'll have to get used to to you being my master and yes, he doesn't yes, that's right. he doesn't really shrug it off no. he just kind of lets it hang sort of thing so. I mean, Whereas, he doesn't really sugar off anything. That's the funny thing. Like, I feel yeah. like everything is just like, nah, you know, it's okay, or don't worry about it, or you know, let's move on to the real business. He's very much like a no nonsense kind of type, right? Um, there, during this playthrough, or, or meeting all the characters in this game, like I, I felt more of a connection to Sarah. Like, so Sarah is Reen's former instructor, and they they have a lot of kind of interesting interactions in the game. And you, you she, I think she's one of the more endearing characters in the game for sure. Um, but yeah, there, there are, I don't know if. I mean, there. I think there are cutscenes that suggest or events that take place. She's one of the characters you can raise the bonding level with her because she does join your party uh, on multiple occasions, and uh, I think you can do some some side quests or you can also give gifts to some of the characters as well. Like that. God, there's so much to do in this bloody game. But yeah, I, I think Elisa is maybe one of the the default relationship with Rain, but uh, I, don't, I don't think that's the only one. I think there's a lot of characters that um, Rain can become close with. Yeah. So. But yeah, it was always interesting to me because that—that's where I assumed it was Elisa. But mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I um, almost want to play the second game and see how that plays out, and then of course <laughs> the right. fourth the fourth game could be completely different too. Who knows what's going to happen? So this is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up, and order again. This is the last call for alcohol. Get going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, we should probably get into the last call now. And uh, for this week, um, I mean, we, we've kind of uh, danced around this for a bit. And uh, I don't think our answers are probably going to be all that surprising. But mm-hmm. for last call, it's uh, 
it, the question is, is, is it worth getting into Trails of Cold Steel 3 if, if you really have no interest in uh, catching up? Like if, you know, if, if you want to pick up this game and, and just play, mm-hmm. is it worth worth getting? And uh, Jordan, do you want to kick off uh, this one? Sure. So um, the, the answer is yes. Uh, you will enjoy the game more if you do a little bit of background reading. But you you if you don't have time for it, you don't care for extra reading, there's already a ton of dialogue in Trails of Cold Steel 3. You're already going to be doing a lot of reading, a lot of like getting immersed in a story. So if you don't care about figuring out what happened before... I think you get enough of a sense of what happened in the past just through playing this game that you don't need the extra materials from the main menu or you don't need to go to any Wiki, any Wikipedia entries or wiki guides like to figure out who people are. I do think there's enough given to you in this game. And the truth is that the the story isn't the only enjoyable part of this game, right? The characters aren't the only enjoyable part. The combat is so good. I think the side quests are fun. Just kind of running around the world and, and you know, seeing who you meet and, and what, what kind of things you have to do. Uh, we, we touched on them briefly. Uh, there's a fishing mini game which you can do. There's a card playing game that's very similar to Hearthstone that you can you can play. You can you can meet people in every town that you can you can challenge them, you can collect new cards. So that's a whole other thing you could spend hours doing. Um there's there's hidden side quests that you you just have to they, they won't even be I don't even think they're they're marked on your the, your map screen and I, I we we didn't mention this but the map screen in the fast travel is excellent like it, it's very very nice it tells you exactly where uh, quests are or side quests or events you can go and view uh, and you can act you can jump around very quickly the load times are very good on Switch. You can jump around, uh, yeah, very, very rapidly with the fast travel in the game. So that's another thing that makes it just easy to play. So all of these things combined, ease of play, a deep story, meaningful, fun, engaging combat. Uh, the fact that you get to ride around in, in mechs and do combat in the in the <laughs> mechs uh, during sort of key events in the story. Like all of that make the game worth playing even if you don't want to if you if you don't want to spend time catching up on cold steel uh one and two it it doesn't really matter you're still gonna you're still gonna have a blast with this one yeah i i I totally agree it's uh, i think it's worth playing regardless of whether you have any knowledge going into this game um obviously like when the the old characters come in you're not gonna know the context or have the full effect of why they're there or what it means for them to be there. Mm -hmm. But I think there's enough, um, like the, the new class seven, like you're meet, everyone's meeting them for the first time. So, so you're, you're on equal footing with someone who's been in the series before for that. So you're learning about them and, uh, the battle system. I think the battle system is enough for anyone. Just, just come and play that because that in and itself is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I totally agree with like the map is very clear, very concise. You, you, know exactly where you want to go if you want to find everything that there's almost like the loading times are almost nil like it, yeah, it's very are. quick like it's we're talking like less than like five maybe 10 seconds tops for a lot of the even in even in por- even in portable the load times are very very short and i mean i think in a long rpg you don't want to be spending a lot of time looking at black screens so yeah. that, that's a it's a huge plus you're constantly getting back into the action yeah so the I, I think the game is too good not to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if you're an RPG fan like this, I, I it's I'm, I'm in the, the boat of like not, not really knowing about this series. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm, that I've, that I've played this game, 
I don't know why I haven't been in this series before. <laughs> like I'm in, yeah. like I'm, I'm going to play, I'm going to pick up four as soon as I can. Yeah. I'll probably go back and play the games that I missed. Um, at least like trails of the, in the skies, like chapter two. And then the yeah. third one, yeah. um, I don't, like you said, I don't know if the, I don't think the crossbow ones were localized, but if they ever no. did, I, I would definitely play them. Like, yeah. I'm like all into this series. Like it's, it's incredible. Um, but even if you, you don't want to buy into the whole thing, like this game alone mm -hmm. is terrific. And it, and it, you'll be set up for the, the next one when, when it comes, like it's already announced for switch. So it's coming. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, you know, it's a stupid thing to say sometimes, but it's the best series that you haven't played. You know, like I, I, I don't know, what it is about this game, what what this game is, or that maybe the marketing was just just behind, or something. Like, some of these games came to the West later than maybe they they should have, or didn't come at a great time. I don't know. I I understand that Falcom they kind of do all the a lot of their stuff in house, uh. So or or maybe we're a little bit hesitant to farm farm things out. So that might have been one of the reasons why uh, localization was delayed. I think the fact that they these games are monstrous. Like you know we uh we had um uh God, during the uh trails in the sky episode like you you read off an interview uh with a localizer for the game what, what jessica chavez right um and she, she i mean she talked about how just how painstaking the localization of these games is because th there's so much dialogue like it, it it's amazing <laughs> yeah. how much time and effort must go into localizing any of these trails games um so I and think all the voice acting ton, there's a ton of voice acting too yeah and and yeah. the voice acting is really good actually like it i wish there were more yeah. of it but i can understand with how much dialogue you couldn't you there's no way you could voice all of it um but yeah it, it's it's a fantastic game it's a i think it's a top 10 game on switch maybe higher um it's definitely a top three rpg on switch i think i can say that actually and uh it, it i mean if you're an rpg fan you must play this if you like you know, you know, lengthy, good stories that are very accessible on Switch, you know, pick this up. It's, it's such a good game to play portably. I think it's, it's such a good fit. Uh, I really enjoyed the first game, playing the first game on Vita for that very reason. Trails of Cold Steel 1 is very long, but it, it's in the same vein as this game. Maybe just a little bit less, less detail, a little bit less polished, but this is, this is the one, you know, jump in here. Uh, even if you don't care about the rest of the story, play this game, maybe play the fourth one when it comes out next year. Or comes to PlayStation Four later this year, but yeah, if you if you if you play this game, I guarantee you're gonna feel like like you do, David, like it, where you're all in on this series, and you 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 might fit, play this game without any background and be like, okay, now I, I got to catch up with everything. I want I want to know all the characters they've talked about, and in this game, they they've ref like Agate and Tita are two characters in the Trails in the Sky games that are prominent in this game they're not in every scene or something like that but you you talk to them you play they join your team right like and then joshua and estelle are, are referred to in this game like they there's so many connections with all of the trails games which is it's just such a really cool kind of expanded universe type thing you know you think of like a marvel yeah. cinematic universe there's like a trails video game universe that so many people <laughs> haven't they haven't explored yet right so yeah, I mean, I mean, if you if you if you're listening to this podcast and you like RPGs, like this has to be one that you you give a long, long look to, and hopefully people get into it. At least play the demo, um, and you know, just see where it takes you. Yeah. And uh, so before, uh, as one last thing before mm -hmm. you wrap it up for us, um, favorite character. Oh God, that's tough. Um, <laughs> I should have been thinking about this beforehand. Um, I. I don't. I can go if you want a second. Can you go first? You go first. You go yep. first. Yeah. Yuna. 
Really? I have to go with Yuna. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just love her, like the passion she has. Like the um, the second chapter is based in Crossbell, which is yeah. her hometown. Yeah. And yeah, like so she she plays a prominent role in in mm-hmm. during that chapter, and uh, you see a lot of growth from her. Um, yeah. And, and you get her backstory of uh, like I'm I'm not gonna talk about it because yeah. it's uh, it's a spoiler and it's uh, it's pretty neat, but. Um, you, you see why she, you know, she's at the Thor's military Academy. You, mm-hmm. you see what happens to her during her life that, that she gets where she is. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I, I think she's, I love the voice. I think it, the, like said, the voice acting across the board is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like, uh, Yuna a lot and, uh, yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. And she reminds me a lot of Estelle. I think mm-hmm. that's part of it too, is that you, you, I, I there there doesn't seem to be any real connection between her and Estelle, but yeah. the the personalities seem very similar, and and I loved Estelle from the Trails in the Sky, so mm-hmm. uh, I I can I I kind of have the the same vibes, so I think uh, it, you know if I had to pick, I think for the most part um, the personality that I enjoy the most in the mm-hmm. game is is Yuna. So I've got two answers. Maybe they're both cop outs. Um, <laughs> one, one is I like all of the old class seven characters because I because I I had already played a game with them before. I was so happy to see them uh, and seeing their growth and how they've changed and they, they've all matured. But then you see little quirks between them, like Yusus uh, like and uh, Machias. Like they 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 kind of they're kind of rivals of each other and they're kind of always giving each other a hard time. Like I I, I like the. Um, with the old, just the the old parts of the first game that kind of come forward in this new game, where you see these familiar characters, but and and they're they're definitely different. They definitely changed, but then some of their old habits kind of come through. I, I like I liked seeing that. Um, my second cop out answer is I like Reen the best. I I think Reen is a fantastic protagonist. I think he <laughs> I think he has a lot of depth to his character. Yep. I think that he. Uh, he he's he just strikes me like he's he's heroic he's agreeable he's determined he's not flawless right like he he's humble like he, i think he recognizes his weaknesses uh or his need to grow as a professor and a warrior right like he uh, yeah I, th- I just think he's such a a wonderfully written character like i i really do and you know i sympathize with him i empathize with him i i want to know what happens to him i think that he he is absolutely the star of this set of four games like he I, th- one of the big reasons why I'm, I'm so excited for the fourth game is I want to know what happens to Rhea. I want to know how his story concludes. I feel like he's he's a man torn in all these different directions between all these responsibilities, but he handles it so well, right? Like he he carries himself very well when people around him are breaking down. Like he's the one to pick them back up, right? Like his hit the new class seven, right? Like Yuna, Kurt, Altina, uh, they 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 all struggle with their own issues, but he he's always there to kind of be this like shining beacon to them to pick them up. And it, the, the, he has really like intimate kind of heart to heart conversations with everybody in the game at some point. And they're all very like wise. Like, I, I don't know where he got all this wisdom. He's supposed to be like 20 years old or something like that, but he's, <laughs> yes, he's, right. he's very, he feels worldly. I think he has, you know, he's been around the world. He's been in wars. Like he's, he's been through, he's seen a ton of stuff and he, he's clearly learned from that, but recognizes that he still has limitations. Like, He's a, he's a fantastic hero. Like I, I really like him, and I think he's he's one of the best reasons to, or one of the best justifications for playing this game. Like he, he's super compelling as a protagonist. Yeah, yeah, I would totally agree. Like very well written. I like think. I, I, uh, I, I mean, 
you would ask me a question like this, uh, who's my favorite <laughs> character, nine times out of ten, I'm not going to say the main character. But, yeah, he's great. Like, I, I, I absolutely love him. And I, the side characters are awesome, too. But I think Reen, Reen is the glue that kind of brings holds everything together in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Okay. So, yeah, uh, just over 90 minutes. So we, we almost hit our target there. I think we'll, we'll call that a win for today. Um, yep. and especially when we're, we're, you know, we were able to wrap it up uh, a game that we're, we're both totally enamored with, uh, one that, uh, an absolute must play from both of us. Uh, please check out both of our reviews. They'll be going up, uh, at embargo, uh, the, which is Friday. We're recording on a Thursday. Uh, so by the time this podcast is up, uh, our reviews will be live. You can check out David's review at the thirsty mage website, uh, and on thirsty mage YouTube channel. And my review will be up on, uh, NWR TV uh and nwr.com uh i think we we won't we won't spoil it here but you'll uh, you can see that we uh we both have the same <laughs> we were giving it the same score <laughs> uh which I mean, it's a very a very high score um the well thank you know, obviously want to thank everybody for listening to us uh it's been a long time i think since we've uh had a little bit of a longer episode but this was a fun one uh obviously a game where we're uh going to be talking about for a long time and looking forward to uh going back uh going back to earlier entries and looking forward to the fourth one for sure and um, you know what's next for the the trails franchise i don't know i I, i'm definitely going to be paying attention whenever falcom has uh, some kind of announcement to make because for for me like this is the like it's a it's a flagship series it's a it's a it's a just one you want to i guess keep your eyes on because they've done such a good job um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, if you can subscribe on your podcast uh, device of choice to the Thirsty Mage, that would be awesome. If you haven't already, uh, please leave us a review. It helps with visibility, uh, five stars or whatever the review you can give us. The uh, feedback would be awesome. Uh, please, you know, send us an email to David at the Thirsty uh, or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, David's at Filtered Gamer. Oh. I'm just to add in yes. while, while we're here. Yes. Um, I'm going to be starting a new thing where, like, obviously we we'll, we our episodes are about 90 minutes, so we can only t- cover so much. And um, if there's any details that we miss or anything mm. that you think we might have got wrong, uh, please send me an email, and I'll be happy to post it on our uh, on the thirstymage.com. I'm going to be starting like a kind of a, a I don't know like a, a review or a or a follow up for each episode where. Um, you know, if, if there's, uh, details that you think are important to get out to, uh, the world, then send me an email and let me know, um, what's important and I will post, uh, your email up on the site, whether it's, um, anonymous, I could just put anonymous or I can put your name. It's up to you. Just let me know when you send the email, but yeah, please uh, feel free for any follow-up to any of the episodes, whether they're old or new, um, send me an email and, uh, we're going to start doing follow-ups on the shows. Yeah, I mean, we, we love hearing from people. We want to know kind of you know, what what are your experiences with these games? Like when if you're, if you're playing through them uh, with us at the same time, or you've already played them, you know, let us know what you what your impressions were of the game. We'd happy to share them on the website. Um, I think that does it for us. So next next week we're gonna we're gonna actually do our episode on a Star Tropics, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, so that'll be another that will be a crossover with the Talk Nintendo podcast. So look forward to that. Uh, again, Star Tropics is on Nintendo Switch Online, so you can easily uh, you know dive in for a little bit or play through it. I think it's about in the six to eight hour range for for a full playthrough. Uh, I, I was watching a little bit of a speed run today. Uh, the speed runner was finishing in about just over an hour. So uh, if you're really really good and know all the tricks of the trade, you can get through <laughs> it a little bit faster. But uh, yeah, uh, Star Tropics. I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a fun time with that game right now. Um, 
I think that does it for this week. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, again, get in touch with us somehow. Let us know uh, what you're thinking about Trails of Cool Steel. Are you going to pick it up? Have you already on PlayStation or PC? Are you looking forward to the Switch version? Let us know. Uh, and that's, uh, that's it. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Bye.